Hello, everyone. Is it, on? it is on. Okay. Hope it doesn't squeal on me. Uh, welcome to iGrow. We're here for biblical instruction for marriage. Uh, we're not teachers and certainly not preachers, but We've learned a thing or two in 49 years of marriage, certainly not everything, but uh, we're going to do our best tonight, so I appreciate it. Any questions, comments, anything you have to say, be glad to hear it. Uh, Marlene's going to come first. She's going to start reading a couple scriptures in uh, Genesis. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to read uh, starting in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Then we're going to go to Genesis 2, 18 through 24. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, should a woman leave his father and his mother, and shall cling unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to do also Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, and that he might represent it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife See that she reverences her husband. Okay, I'm reading from Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 6. I'm reading out of the New International Version. It says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God hath joined together, let not man separate. First uh, Corinthians. Oh, I'm sorry. Do a microphone usually loud enough without it. Uh, chapter 13, verse starting at four, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record, no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Okay, that's the end of the scripture for right now that I have to read. Uh, a little note before we get started too far. I want to uh, say the basic fundamentals of a strong marriage. Pretty simple. Commitment, love, and respect with both the husband and the wife fully committed to Jesus Christ. Uh, 
A successful biblical marriage should be Christ-centered. I've seen a lot of people try without that. It doesn't work very well. Even with Christ-centered, it's not easy. It's work. It really is. I mean, it's, you have to work at it constantly. Uh, a successful biblical marriage should be a covenant between husband and it's not a contract like you borrow money at the bank and sign papers and it's, it has to be a covenant. It's a commitment to each other, one another, and to God. Most of us make vows when we have a marriage. We vow to each other something on the order of, I, John, take you, Marlene, to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and cherish till death do us part. We were, we were 18 when we first got married. We didn't know what all that meant down there. We, we vowed all that. But we didn't realize what all that was. <clears throat> so it's easy to say that, but for the commitment part, when it comes time to live it day to day, it's harder. You have anything you want to say? <laughs> I was 17. <laughs> I had to get mom and dad to sign so I could marry. <laughs> But uh, the Christ-centered part, our dating life was I had church on Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning. He had church on Wednesday night, Friday night. <laughs> so that was our, we started out being Christ-centered. <laughs> our dating <laughs> Our dating consisted of going to church. Uh, he would come, and we would go to church together, and I would go to his church on Wednesday night and Friday night, if I was lucky, if Mom and Dad let me go that often. And, uh, and then he would come to my church on Tuesdays and Thursdays, usually. And we might have a Saturday night that we didn't have anything, but a lot of times we had a rally or something else, <laughs> church you know, church-oriented that we were doing. And um, my mom was very strict, 10 o'clock. I had to be home. And for every one minute I was late, the next time I had to be in, five minutes earlier than that. So if I was five minutes late, I had to be in at 25 to 10 the next time. So you... Um, you know, you learn, you learn to be home on time. <laughs> but I would not give anything for those years of uh, being together and learning each other's Christian values. He was raised um, in a church where his uncle was his pastor, and my 
pastor was Reverend Roy Simpkins, uh, and he uh, he and my John's uncle baptized, uh, married us, and um, we just were we were blessed with that spiritual growth as young kids, as young people, and been able to. I think that foundation is why we still continue to want to love and serve God. It's it's a it's a commitment. It's not something that's easy always. You would think, well, you know, as Odisians are, what could you want to do? There's always things you could want to do, you know, but you have made a commitment to God, a spiritual commitment and a spiritual commitment to each other, and you want to fulfill that. Key principles to building a happy and successful marriage. We're just going to talk a few things, and honestly, if anybody has anything you want to ask or say, feel free. Uh, things that we researched from what we read, found out, are important to make a marriage last. Number one, always tell the truth to each other. Once you get into the pit of telling a little white lie here and there, you're headed for trouble. Always listen to the other person. And everything that I've read, communication is a huge, huge factor. It can also be the start of a bad downfall in your relationship. So, Always listen to each other. And I know she's got stuff to say about that. Huh. <laughs> well. <laughs> He's a pretty good listener. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time he is a pretty good listener. <laughs> but no. Um, I don't know why you said that. It is very important to listen to each other because if you're not careful and your spouse thinks that you don't care what they're trying to say, they will get where they will just not voice their opinion anymore. They'll just play the quiet game, go off, pout, feel sorry for themselves, and that will build a wall and um, it can destroy a marriage. You have to to communicate, listen to each other, talk to each other. If I say, I don't like it the way you do that, will you please try to work on that? Then he needs to try and work on that. And the same, the same with me. If he says it to me, I mean, there's been many times we've had to tell each other, you know, I don't really, I don't really like that. You know, I don't like, and... So And I have to listen to that, just like he has to listen to that. And us try to work on those kind of things, communicate with each other, and, and, and listen and care. Another thing, the next thing was live in thanks, thankfulness and be forgiving. 
and I've put a square around thankfulness because I think as young couples, as especially starting, um, and it can go on to after you've been married many years, but not being thankful for just the things you have. We don't have to have bigger and better all the time. It's not necessary. Um, if it's going to put you financially in a bind, if it is going to make you nervous about paying bills and on to each other because you don't have that extra because everybody likes to have extra to go eat and to you know shop a little bit and stuff like that and if you tie yourself down to points of being so stressed out all the time then all you have done is hurt yourself with the nicer things you've done nothing but hurt yourself but we are so much better off if we can learn to be thankful for what we have. We have, a, we have a small home, but it's paid for. And I thank God every day <laughs> for my little house that's paid for that I don't have to stress. When John was so sick and we moved over to here, you know, the bank wanted me to, you know, not pay for my house. And I told him, I said, I want to pay the house. I want it to be paid for. If something happens to you, I don't want that worry on me. And every day, I thank God for my house. It may not be anything fancy, anything spectacular, but it's mine. And I thank God for it so much. And I think that every little thing that we have, we need to show God thankfulness for it. Because we are blessed beyond what so many people are. And just, just, don't, just don't let yourself get in that, I've got to have more. I've got to do more. I've got, I want this. I want, I want, I want, I want. That can get you in such a mess. That can get your marriage in such a mess. And you need to just be thankful every day for what God has blessed you. She won't talk about the next one. She wants to make me do that. Uh, <laughs> physical intimacy. It, I didn't want to talk about it either, but, but it's important. It really is important in a marriage uh, for both partners. And once again... If there's a problem, you have to talk and listen, communicate. You might need some counseling or some help. Uh, that's a big one. It's a big, big reason why marriages fail. Uh, don't want to get too graphic or anything, but, but it is important. Physical intimacy is important. Uh, in a healthy relationship, we got some factors under that. 
uh, you can be yourself. You don't have to, during the courting period, you can cover up a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can look better than you really are. When it, when it comes to marriage, though, it doesn't take them long to find out who you really are. So, uh, in a in a really healthy relationship, you can be yourself and be comfortable to be yourself. You don't have to put on an air. You don't have to make excuses or tell any lies. Uh, your partner should be your best friend. My partner has been my best friend for a long, long time. Uh, for one thing, she puts up with me, and that makes me like her a lot. <laughs> I feel like I married way up. And uh, I, I think of her more all the time. Back to the vows and the sickness and health. I've been through a lot of sickness. I think everybody here knows that, which means she has stood by me through a lot of sickness. Uh, some of the things the doctor says, she refused to believe that. And uh, I don't know what I would have done. My, if you could see the pictures of where I was compared to where I am. Today. Well, we'll start out with in 2000, I had a kidney transplant. Marlene gave me a kidney. That's huge. My quality of life before and after that, there's just no comparison. And I didn't want to take her kidney because I said, what if I reject that kidney? What if something happened? And I took her kidney. She was out. And it, I, I rejected it anyway. That was a big struggle for us, for me especially. But it's been 22 years now. God's blessed us. That's way beyond what the average is. And uh, my doctor once admitted to us in his office, because I, I asked, I said, what's the average? He said, we're not talking averages because you and I both know that this is a God thing. I've had a lot of prayers from a lot of people for that and a lot of the other things that have followed since then. And uh, I don't think she knew what she was saying when she said through sickness and hell. <laughs> Here, you talk to my wife. <laughs> I don't think that any 17-year-old girl knows what she's saying. I, I think even when you're much older than that, you really don't know till you live life every day, daily. All the vows, all the things you're saying. Because there's some days you don't like them very good. <laughs> and there's... Yeah, it might just be us. I don't know. <laughs> There's sometimes I just don't, 
I, there's some days I just don't like the way he said that. You know, it just didn't come across very nice. <laughs> and there's some days that, um, that I just love him to death, but there's other days that uh, I just need a little bit of time by myself. You know, <laughs> go work in the garage for a while if you don't mind. <laughs> But um, for the most part, God has blessed us so much. I'm so thankful for my husband. I would not give anything for the decision I made because he has been a faithful, wonderful Christian man. But it is a daily work, and you've got to talk and love and, and try to communicate and you've got to be forgiving of each other. We kind of skip past that, but it's very important to be forgiving of each other because you're you're not perfect. I don't care how much you think you are. You're not perfect. You're not a perfect person. You're not ever going to be a perfect person until we're in heaven. We're not going to be perfect people. And so we are going to make mistakes. We are going to say some things that maybe was ugly or didn't sound like a Christian. The way that it should have been said, the thing that should have been said, but we've got to keep forgiveness in our heart, one for another. We can't expect God to forgive us if we don't forgive each other. So, one thing that we have found is that we're more alike than we are different. We have things that we enjoy doing together. I mean, um, and I'm not sure that when we first got married, we probably enjoyed (laughs) doing them that much, but now, like, he knows the things I enjoy doing, and he's got where he likes to do it, too, you know. I love to thrift shop. I love to thrift shop. And I've got, he's got where he likes to go with me. <laughs> we, we enjoy doing that kind of stuff together. And he loves the knife stores. He loves to go knife shopping. And so I like, I've got where I enjoy his knives with him. We were in Indianapolis a couple, a month ago probably. And. There was a guy there talking to him about his knives, and I was, I was talking with him, you know, and relating to. He said, "Wow, what I'd give to see my wife's eyes light up like that talking about my knives." <laughs> so, just want to make one quick comment. The things that we like might not be the things that you and your husband or wife like. We're all different. Each marriage, no two in here are identical. I guarantee you that. We all have different likes, different dislikes, different hobbies, different interests. We like gospel music, quartet music even. Probably nobody else did that, but we we like to go see a quartet sing once in a while, and we do that. But that's probably no one else in here would like that.
I think it, this is an important one, is you feel like a team. I always, I'm thankful that I feel this way, but if I don't think there's another person that agrees with me or that totally would um, complete me, it would be him. That would be who I would have. You know, I feel like he would be there for me, even if, even if I'm wrong in what I'm thinking sometimes, he would say, yeah, honey, but here's what we need to do. You know, he, he would be that teammate that would lead me in the right direction if I got off just a little bit or if I, which I have done before, you know. We work as a team. We do not make uh, financial decisions without each other. Ever. Maybe some don't agree with that, but we do not. I mean, I'm not saying if he wants to buy a $50 knife, I'd have a fit. I'm saying if we're going to buy something that is, you know, substantial, we're going to talk that over. Is this right? Is this the thing we should do? Is this a smart thing for us to do? And even a $50 knife, if you don't have $50 for groceries, would be a stupid decision, you know? So you've got to work as a team and know what works for you, for your family. Yes. It's very important because the worst thing in the world you can do is that daddy always says no and mommy always says yes or vice versa, because it doesn't take them very long to figure that out, that if mama says no, I'm going to go talk to dad because he'll say yes. They learn that fast, and you've got to have that figured out. You know, there's some young ones in here, younger that's going to be having children, or you've got to have that figured out way ahead of time. He was raised by... Um, he never had a spanking in his life. This is true. This is true. In his whole, in his whole life, he never got a spanking. Me, on the other hand, I was I was very mean. I was very. Yes. And my dad would work of a night, I mean, all day, and he would be so tired of a night. And I had a sister that, me and her together, <laughs> and my dad would say, if I hear one more peep, one more peep out of you, I'm going to spank you. I'm going to have to spank you. I've got to sleep. I have worked all day. I am wore out. And we would wait till he barely got out of the room and go, peep. We knew what we had coming. We knew he was coming directly back and going to spank us. But so I was used to being a harder disciplinary than he was because his mom and dad would say, now, honey, 
my dad would say, I'm getting the belt against him. <laughs> so, you know, so we had to come to a happy medium there, you know, of what, because, like I said, I had been raised with a brother and two sisters. It was four of us. They didn't have time to set us down and say, now, honey, <laughs> he was all by himself and they could talk to him forever. I might be running out in the road and they had to jerk me in before a car was going to hit me, you know. So completely different circumstances, but the kids, your kids will pick up on that fast if they think they can go to daddy and get off easy and mama's going to be hard. You better figure it out because work together on it. Because <laughs> it, if you get in trouble with your kids, that can cause conflict between a husband and wife so bad if you don't work with together on your children. Uh, let me see. You make each other a better person. I definitely think he makes me a better person. He makes me more confident in myself because he tells me, you look so cute tonight, or you look nice tonight, or, you know, whatever. I like the way you look tonight, or, um, boy, that was a good meal you cooked today. I like that. Now, he don't get to say that very often anymore. <laughs> he did today. I cooked today. But, you know, if... if he compliments me, then that makes me feel good. And um, I think that makes me a better person. And I the same for him. I try to always encourage him. If he does something that's great, then I try and tell him, hey, nobody does that like you do. I mean, he can, when I ask him to hang something, let me tell you, when he carries all them screws in and all his tools and the tape measure and the, there is no one can hang a picture or a mirror or whatever it is as perfect as he can hang it. I'm telling you, it's not going to do this anywhere. It's straight. It's perfect. And I always am quick to say, no one does it like you do. <laughs> okay, you go. Share the power. The husband's supposed to be the head of the home. That doesn't mean he has all the power. If, if you love your wife, you're both going to have equal power. You're not going to make, you actually complete each other. You don't butt heads over who's opinion counts the most. Uh, number eight, you know you can trust each other.
This gets better with time. When we were 17 and 18, I don't think either one of us felt as comfortable that, hey, I can go, I'm trusting, I'm trust what she's going to do while I'm gone, or she trusts what I'm going to do. Trust comes with time. We went through some periods of jealousy. It's one thing that young people fight more than we're pretty confident <laughs> that she's not going to run off and I'm not going to run off with somebody. For one thing, she said, if I do, she wants the kidney back. So <laughs> I don't want to give that up. So. <laughs> If, if you're going to have a healthy relationship, you can't, it's not going to work. This is geared a lot for people who aren't already married. But uh, if that person has serious issues like disrespect, cheating, or jealousy, it's going to be hard for that relationship to work. If you, if our addiction, those, those are things that are just kind of, uh, not conducive to a healthy relationship. So I think we've about covered everything on the paper. Well, that's true. We did want to say that. If you think he's got this little issue or she's got that little issue, but I'll change that, that ain't going to, ha that ain't going to happen. It's only going to get worse more than likely. So, I mean, no one, no one, most of us here are already married, but if you're going into a relationship thinking you're going to make something, change something about someone, more than likely you're not. Question? I don't remember what time it is, but we've about said all we got to say. Pastor, would you like to add anything? tell you what, there's few people that have walked the road that they've walked and uh, their marriage stand the test of time. And I hope, I, I, I know they did a lot of kidding around stuff and made me laugh. That kidney one, that's that's good right there. <laughs> and it's fair. That's fair. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I tell you what, if, if you'll listen to the words you heard tonight, there is tons of wisdom there. And I got to looking around a little bit. Um, I, I'm married I did the, the I did marriage counseling and married a lot of people in this room right here, and uh, I should have had you do the marriage counseling with them. Are you offering? You're about to offer, aren't you? It's harder. It's harder. And and marriage is a, and I hope the other thing that you heard tonight was, uh, you know, there, it sounds like they're still working on it. And I think you even said that. And so you're, you get you get 10, 20 years, or let's say, you, what, what's funny to me a little bit is is married couples, young married couples, they get, you know, 5, 10 months or even one or two years and they, you know, they get really frustrated because they haven't worked everything out yet. And I just want to shake my head and say, look, uh, 
you know, here's, here's a principle of life. There are problems to solve and tensions to manage. And marriage is a tension that you will manage for the rest of your life. And I don't say that as a joke. I say that as a challenge. Because every day, here, here's what, what I've found out and what they've demonstrated through what they've said. Your marriage goes through different seasons. Your life is changing constantly. Just about the time that you learn one another, she gets pregnant. Okay, you made her pregnant, guys, but yeah, you know, she, she gets pregnant. So now, now you have a child. Now you're, you're figuring out all this thing, the dynamics you were talking about. Well, I was raised this way. Well, I was raised this way. Well, I don't want to do that with our kids. Well, I want to do this. So you got to work all that out. And about the time you get all that worked out, the kids move away, and now you're alone again, and you've got to figure out what is it? What, what's your name again? You know, so... Uh, there's just so many seasons that your marriage walks through that you're doing brand new stuff. And, and here's what has to say the same. The very first thing I think that you all touched on, and that is commitment. Um, you don't know what you're saying when you say I do. You don't have an idea. But, but, but the fact of, of that commitment being centered in Christ, that's what makes the difference. I tell every married couple, and it's demonstrated right here in this folks right here, that if, if God is in your, the center of your marriage, it cannot fail. I, I honestly believe that. Not saying that it's perfect or that you don't have conflict. Conflict's part of marriage. You're going to fight. In fact, I was hoping we'd hear about a few more fights. Now, when John was in the hospital, under, he had them drugs and things going on. I saw a couple of them. Hallelujah. You were not yourself. You were not yourself. I'm picking at him. But, uh, you know, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be fights. There's going to be things to work out. But the commitment that you make to Christ as an individual concerning your spouse is what saves your marriage. Does that make sense? Um, you know, when he, taught, he touched on he said this is a covenant, not a contract. Contracts can be broken. Uh, contracts is dependent on the performance of the under, other individual involved. A covenant is a personal commitment that you make to God about something. And so, yes, it is about your wife. Yes, it is about your, your husband. But my, my commitment as a husband is not dependent on the performance of my wife. You know, thank God I've got a good one, but she could go crazy on me tomorrow. That would not release me from the commitment that I have to the covenant that I made to be her husband. And the better husband that I am to her, I believe and have seen the better wife she is to me and the better wife she is, and vice versa. And so this has been excellent tonight, and I wanted, yes, ma'am. What, here, say it so they can hear you. Just, I was going to say, the first thing before my feet touch the floor of a morning, every morning, I, as soon as I wake up, I thank God that I have woke up and thank him for that day. But I always say, God, please help me today to be the wife I should be. Help our marriage to be the marriage it should be because it is a daily walk. It's something you have to do every day and I want to be the best I can be at it each day. Be intentional, absolutely. You don't know, honestly, the, the effort that you put in your marriage, your marriage has influence around you, and uh, you look at a couple like this, that's inspirational. If you're sitting there and you were fussing before you came in, you're like, you know what, 
if they can do all, all that, then, you know, maybe, maybe dinner was better than I said it was. All right. But God's been good to them, and uh, he'll bless your marriage. Why don't we just raise our hand? Let's pray for our marriages right now. Would you do that? So we end tonight. Father, we want to thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the wisdom. God, that you have you have blessed us with tonight. I praise you, Lord, for every godly marriage in this room today. We pray, Lord, for your hand, not just on them, but I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be at the center, at the core, as we've been taught tonight, of every union that's in this room. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the strengthening hand of the Holy Ghost, Lord, would be not just resident, but would absolutely drive every part of every marriage here tonight. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for our spouses tonight. God, you have you have so greatly blessed us with our spouses. God, they are, you made them just to be exactly what we needed. We praise you for that tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of our spouse. And we pray, Lord, for you to go with us forward as we go through this adventure of marriage. We thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming to iGrow tonight. Make sure that you step by and say something to John and Marlene. If you got extra questions, maybe you want to ask John a little bit about that uh, thrifting that the Lord has blessed him with, a new spiritual gift that the Lord has given him. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you being here tonight. Go in Jesus' name.